Hello, everyone. This is Joe McKendrick, analyst with RT Insights, and welcome to our podcast on continuous intelligence. And I am so pleased to have with us here again for the third podcast in our series, Christian Beckin. He's the chief technology officer and founder of Sumo Logic. And uh, we've been having some great discussions. If you caught our earlier podcast on digital transformation, on observability, on monitoring, on reliability, covering a lot of great topics that not only IT people, but people who are running today's enterprises need to be aware of and uh, knowledgeable about. And welcome, Christian. Welcome again. Great Thanks to for having you. me. Yep. And today, I'd love to speak with you about security. You know, you, as I mentioned in the earlier podcast, um, your company runs, sees 900 petabytes of data a day. So you folks really have to know security. You know, so I'm talking to the guy who knows this stuff. Um, but, you know, it's, it's been a security has been an issue and, and it's been a concern uh, for decades now, you know, since the days of the mainframes and the, the days of the early Internet. Uh, everybody's always been worried about it. And, and it, it just seems to be security is a. Uh, just been getting more uh, more of a concern, more intense. You know, uh, are we are we making progress or, at all in terms of uh, uh, delivering or ensuring security for our data and for our systems? I think we are. Uh, at the same time, the challenges are also making progress. Uh, it's very similar, right? In terms of you know what we talked about earlier about reliability and. Um, uh, you know, this this is just uh, it's to some degree a race, right? And uh, you know, the in, in security, often the bad guys are a little bit ahead, right? Uh, but I do think um, that uh, that there is progress, you know, being made in terms of the general um, population or you know, folks in business, I guess, uh, understanding just how crucial it is, uh, you know, to have a security program. Uh, cybersecurity program, right? And to, um, to not look at this as a sort of afterthought and to not only look at it as insurance, um, you know, um, and to, to, to be proactive about it, right? Um, I think we've talked a little bit about digital transformation and, you know, businesses becoming digital and the, um, the sort of pivotal importance of digital experience and we talked about digital experience having you know many factors you know two of the ones that uh that that i you know that i'm sort of involved in are you know reliability if stuff is down if your site is down people will go somewhere else so digital experience sucks right um i we we don't like i think we are only getting to the point of like tying security back to digital experience uh, uh from sort of the business outcome perspective right and then having having to have security, you know, like understanding the importance of, you know, of cybersecurity for your digital experience and therefore for your competitiveness and, you know, success. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's there's a couple of angles there sort of on the highest level where, you know, you know, what is the sort of security impact on digital experience kind of if you chase it back down. Um, you know, security today um, needs to be, you know, one way to look at it is that, you know, first of all, um, you know, there's a lot of compliance regulations that you need to adhere to, right? And that's progress too, right? And and I know you can be kind of, you know, cynical about it and say, well, you know, it's more process and, you know, more random forms to fill out and, you know, like, you know, what's the EU parliament, you know, to do with, you know, putting together, you know, GDPR and all of this stuff. And, you know, you look at the letter of it, right? And and, and you say, oh, well, this particular paragraph is just bullshit, right? You know, okay. Uh, but but the point is that they, actually, that they actually care, right? And that the spirit is there, right? 
and then that there are provisions to sort of uh you know also use the sort of forcing hand of of you know as the you know government system right which is something that we you know it's trade off right you know we get our freedom but we also get our government and those two things kind of need to balance each other out um and um uh, I think that is definitely, you know, you know, progress and, and like that's why, you know, the compliance in the widest sense is something that you have to do and that I think you should do, you know, because it actually is going to mostly point you in the right direction and it's better than not doing it, right? And, you know, frankly, just sort of from an anecdotal perspective, it's something that we do at Sumo. Uh, we, we, you know, we, we process a lot of data that comes to our service and, and that data comes you know, we, we we are a custodian for customers of that data, right? And um, you know, we we went through a uh, you know huge evolution there, like starting all the way back in 2010. Uh, you know, to figure out not just how to architect the system in such a way that we can intelligently talk about what security controls are that we have in place, where encryption happens, and all of this, right? Which you know, you certainly want a technical view on that if you're a customer, um, but also to say, hey, this is not just a bunch of you know armchair architects, you know you know, thinking big thoughts, you know, this is actually implemented like that. And, you know, we have independent validation of it, um, you know, back in the day, starting with basic things like SAS2, right? Uh, uh, sorry, not SAS2, Jesus, uh, SOC2. Uh, and then, you know, working our way up the ladder with, with, with things become a lot more, you know, you know, strict and like PCI DSS and then all. We're now like, you know, uh, you know, we've pattern certified. I mean, this is government level kind of, you know, security uh, compliance regulations, right? Uh, and, and that matters to us uh, uh, because, we do believe that it's not just a synergy check the box thing, right? It's not just something that we have to do just like paying taxes. We actually believe that the tax we pay actually, you know, will make, you know, better roads and all of that in this case. And in, like in our example, and I think this is how, how, how everybody should think about it, you know, validates that the processes that you have designed, you know, to keep stuff secure in your company, uh, that they actually work. Or at least better than if you don't, you know, get them actually, you know, validated. Um, uh, because sometimes checks and balances or, or checks and balances are always important. So, uh, but, 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 you know, why do you, why do you, why do you care other than, well, I get fined? Otherwise, I do think there's a moral obligation, uh, especially now that we are living in this world where, where, um, you know, SaaS delivered everything, right? I mean, from consumer to, you know, business, you know, B2B and all of that. Um, you, you are in many ways the custodian of your customers' data. So in Sumo, it's extreme. You know, we have we have locked data of all their systems and sometimes their data, their customers' data on some level, right? You know, pass through and so forth. Um, but just as a business, um, you know, credit card numbers, you know, PII, all of this stuff, if you leak it, if people leak it all the time, right, it can lead to identity theft, right? It can lead to all kinds of very, very unpleasant outcomes in the U.S. in a credit system. Um, you know, with PII, you can, you can just potentially destroy somebody's, you know, credit score that can have extremely unpleasant uh, consequences. And I think, uh, you, I think you need to be, as somebody who builds systems and delivers them, <clears throat> there's a moral obligation that you have to, like, prevent that, right? First of all, and then, and then of course you have a business obligation as well, because if you don't do this properly, you're going to be out of business pretty quickly, right? And we've seen this over and over again. Yeah. Christian, are there uh, aspects of cybersecurity that perhaps aren't getting enough attention? Uh, for example, we, we hear a lot about the, the, the hackers on the other side of the world who are constantly uh, challenging our systems and uh, going after personal information. But there's, there's other types of threats too, insider threats, for example, right? Uh, there's, um, are, are there aspects of security that really aren't getting the the attention they should? I think we've come a long way, right? And I think it's well understood now that most attack vectors um, 
the people don't necessarily bang on your public service to that degree anymore. Like, you know, is there like a port open or something? Uh, a lot of, a lot of it comes through a kind you know, credential compromise, you know, trying to target somebody, um, uh, you know, that works for your company, you know, trying to take over their account, you know, via phishing and stuff like that, right? I think just today, I, I don't have the details. I've only, only seen, you know, what's on Twitter. Uh, but there's a, there's a large identity provider that like is apparently having some problems where people claim that they were able to infiltrate their internal systems via a contractor whose credentials got popped, right? And, um, I mean, that is uh, to some degree an insider threat, but maybe, you know, it is really much like it's, I think originally insider threat meant, you know, somebody goes and downloads all the customer lists and stuff like that and before leaving to the next uh, you know, or sells it to China, quote unquote, something like that, right? But um, I think, you know, the, the, your, your employees are huge attack vectors, but I think it's fairly well understood at this point, right? Um, the I think one of the things that has actually risen to the forefront in the last couple of years a little bit more is that was maybe not really that well understood in the past was um, what's, what, what, what we call um, software supply chain Right, where um, you, uh, where you know, software products that you consume uh, and you know deploy are often built on top of other software products, right? Open source libraries in particular, um, and uh, you know, versioning of those things is hard. It's uh, it's it's very simple. It's you know, you 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 build your product and you depend on a chain of libraries uh, at a particular version, and then you need to always keep them up to date because you know those are often you know well. Attack surface is large. People like you know, um, you know, you know, try to exploit them. It becomes known. An update gets you know published, and you need to pull that update in. But then your customer also needs to update, right? Or uh, you know, even worse, if you indirectly depend because that library that you pull in then depends on another sort of set of libraries, right? And that that chain can become very very deep. Um, uh, uh, you know, literally, like you know, sometimes thousands of libraries, right? That, like, you know, that that any given enterprise product kind of depends on. Just keeping track of all of the stuff is is very tricky. You know, with containers and Docker, there's sort of an equivalent of what's in your Docker file, and you know, what gets pulled in for which version of what and which images are you actually running. Generally, on a software supply chain, and I think there have been some very high profile. Um, uh, you know, kind of, you know, incidents over the last couple of years that have left doors wide open uh, for, you know, bad guys to come in and, you know, wreck all sort of them, you know, havoc and ransomware and blah, 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 all of this, right? Um, so, so as I said earlier, I mean, they, they, everything is a house of cards, right? And no matter what you do, it's very hard for you to sort of understand physics all the way down to the atom, right? And I think in, in computing, it's, it's like it could be literally a firmware or a microcode exploit on the CPU. You're not going to be able to manage that no matter how good you are at software development, right? And that's a very extreme example. The more realistic example is that, you know, I deploy, I, you know, I, let's say I'm in a Java ecosystem and I depend on a, on an Apache, you know, package of some sort. And then that depends on three other packages. And, and it's very easy for me to kind of, you know, F myself along the way. So you have to have, you know, big process in place, you know, to make sure that you get notified. That's something that's fairly new. Um, and, uh, so that's one. And then, and then sort of, you know, a lot of the sort of cloud security stuff, right? It's like, uh, you know, cloud security postures and all of this way. It's very easy to leave S3 buckets open so everybody can look at your data. Uh, like S3 being, you know, one of the object storage product, you know, products. There's others from other, from other cloud, cloud scale providers, right? Uh, just to make sure it's not just Amazon, uh, they these, these things, the equivalent exists in Google and Microsoft as well. 
uh, and then you know just basic API security right? because everything gets virtualized, automated, and uh, you know role-based access control, access control in general is just super hard, right? And then again, you're in a chain there. You have delegated authentication. You have an identity provider in there. And those guys, you know, uh, I happen to know those guys a little bit, and they really do probably some of the, one of the best jobs that you could possibly do in the world at this type of stuff. And you're still not immune, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it's a hard problem. Yeah. And and we have this uh, and we discussed this in an earlier podcast. Uh, everybody's becoming a developer, or uh, you know, everybody needs to uh, understand uh, how this process works. And we have a wonderful situation, you know, one sense where everything can be put together like Lego blocks, right? Uh, you have you know the software chain you talk about with uh, open source libraries, uh, cloud providers providing services, and the, the, the APIs. Of course, you can you have all these building blocks where you can just assemble your applications, but at the same yeah. time. They yeah. have this, this, these security vulnerabilities that may be lurking uh, deep down within these uh, yeah. blocks. Yeah, it's like it's like have you ever stepped on a Lego block? I mean, it's very painful, <laughs> right? It's the worst. So, so and this like, this happens even to people who know Lego. If if I'm to just say in the metaphor, right? With great power comes great responsibility, and we've we've talked about just you know ridiculous kind of you know non-functional requirements that that pretty much every you know every sort of app that you know runs you know mission critical revenue generating stuff in a business given digital transformation, right? Uh, you know. Um, the, the requirements in worldwide 24 seven and all of that, right? And it's just, it's, it's hard, right? You know, we, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we learn more about it. You know, we, 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 we try to provide additional, you know, monitoring for security as well. And it's something obviously that, you know, the, the product, uh, you know, that we're building does. Uh, and, and, you know, as that, you know, your tooling and understanding analytics and so forth, including predictive analytics to some degree is getting better. Um, but the challenge always comes, like the bar, it's, it's just a bar raising, bar chasing type of, you know, world record type thing, you know. So Christian, uh, we're, we're running a long time. I just want to get your thoughts. What should IT managers, uh, no, what should they? What should they do to address this? You know, what are if you can name maybe the three things, the three best practices they should engage in to ensure. Yeah, I think I think one of the I think what 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 folks already know about security to a large degree is you know sort of classic enterprise infrastructure security. You know, employee laptop. You know, EDR. Uh, those types of things. I think what folks are probably still learning is just how incredibly important. Uh, the kind of application security is, right? Because applications are so exposed, because they have to be, because that is the digital transformation imperative, right? Uh, and, and the way that we're building applications and delivering them worldwide is just changing, has changed in the last couple of years. Uh, that the house of cards is growing, blah, 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 all of this, right? Uh, and, and then there are new challenges there and, and new tooling, but like also new challenges. Yes. Okay. Wonderful. Uh, great thoughts. Uh, really, uh, you know, great things to, for IT managers, IT executives to keep in mind, IT professionals keep in mind uh, in terms of security. And um, this wraps up our podcast series with uh, Christian Beckin. It's been wonderful having you joining us uh, for this series. Uh, again, Christian is uh, CTO of Sumo Logic, and we want to thank the folks at Sumo Logic for for uh, their partnership in this series as well. Uh, Christian, great speaking with you, great learning from you, and uh, I know our audience uh, appreciates you being able to uh, share your uh, insights as well. Thank you very much for joining. This was fun. Thanks for having me again. Have a good one.